We are live. Uh, hello, everyone. Hello and welcome to the Blue Abroad Show. It's Monday, the 12th of February. We're back in the studio, back to normal. We've got a practice game to talk about pretty much from next week. And it feels good. I've got a couple of special guests, very familiar faces. We'll start with we'll start with top left, Ian Brownie, Navy Blue, one half of the Navy Blue Corner. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Thank you for, for having me. Very, very keen to start talking footy. Uh, Lockie and I have kind of dipped our toes back into the, the content, building up to the season, done a couple of little fun shows, but haven't necessarily spoken about 2024 and Carlton. So I'm very excited to do a bit of that tonight. Yes, we've got a lot to get through, a lot of, uh, a lot of bits and pieces to get through, which we'll, we'll touch on. Uh, and then I've got Pommy, mate. What's going on? I, I miss you, mate. I said this to you earlier. I I, I miss you. I've missed you too, and uh, I've missed chat as well. It's weird to see a lot of names uh, fly up. Um, yeah, good to be back. I mean, unlike Ian, I, I, I didn't take a break. Um, I, I'm of the school taking a break is for the week, so uh, I'll just uh, plow it through. Do you know what I mean? Plow through. But no, I have been jet setting and I've been away. That's probably why I'm paler. Than everyone else because up until last Friday I haven't seen some for four weeks. Didn't even oh, wow. totally forgotten about it. I've, I've come from. I left on a two degree day, and it's what thirty eight today. So just imagine what is going on in my internal monologue at the moment. I am dying. I love the heat, mate. I can't get enough. I can't stand it. Like honestly, it's like. It's the time to get beautiful, you know? Beautiful brown, bronze. Nah, not for me, mate. Obviously, when I saw snow, I stripped off naked and rolled around in it. Like, <laughs> I, 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 mate, I, I, I'm a thunderstorms, dark rain, sleet, fog guy. Misery. Fair. I find happiness mm. in misery. Fair, fair. Well, it's good to have you back nonetheless. Uh, Good evening to those of you in the chat. Ian, you went away, right? You, you had a bit of a, a getaway, didn't you? Oh, I've had a couple, which has been yeah. a nice change because Lockie, my co-host, is normally the one that's, you know, jetting off all across the world. He's never home. So it was about time I did something, spent some time in Vanuatu, which was good. First time ever actually leaving Australia. So it was good to get a bit of culture, see something different, uh, big perspective change on that one. And have gone away to Byron Bay for a little bit, going to Perth next week as well. So about time I'm finally seeing some sun and, and enjoying a, a nice little holiday. That's cool. Mm. It was, was like wild. It was, was that like a dart throw? <laughs> it was. I was really just looking for something that wasn't too much of a plane ride, considering uh, I haven't been on a long one. So it was a, a nice quick journey. But of course, in typical me fashion, there was a cyclone uh, while I was there. So pretty much whenever I travel, I cop the worst ever weather. And why not get a, a tropical storm instead? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you have any? Um, maybe we can all three of us can share some some stories. But did you have any moments of epiphany? You know, when you reflected on things relating to Carlton, like did anything random come to mind, or just Great any question. story at all about your about your your trip? Something you brought back with you? 
Oh, gee, that is a really, really hard-hitting question to start off. I don't think if anything no, no. is really – yeah, I'm <laughs> profound. I, I feel like you're trying to get a bit of inspiration out of me after your nice little Thailand trip, and I've just um, come with absolutely nothing because, I don't know, I definitely uh, experienced some some big cultural shocks and a lot of uh, very different things that gave me a bit of perspective on, I guess, what's going on around here. And and maybe it, it I guess you can – draw a bit of a parallel to I guess weirdly the emotion we kind of always wrap up into things that's kind of been a bit of my reflection I think looking on last season obviously I want to get ridiculously emotionally invested ride the highs ride the lows but if last year taught us anything it's you know don't go too early let it all play out see what can happen Um, and yeah like I landed in Vanuatu was meant to be jetting off to a different island where all my accommodation, everything was, land in, all of a sudden, the uh, no one speaks English, planes, flights cancelled, no idea where to stay, got a hitchhiker ride with a local, find a place to stay and just that uncertainty. So maybe that's sort of the, the parallel maybe to last year and just it might seem bad at some stage, but you just keep persevering, find the next thing, keep it simple and and you'll keep going and look what happened last year and let's hope it can happen again. I like it. Philosophical brownie, my favorite. Try my hardest. <laughs> Pommy, any uh what about you, mate? Any any stories oh, to share from your time away? I've got to follow that and he's gone philosophical, so I, I have to take the piss, don't I? Um but no, <laughs> serious. Um I, I was fortunate enough two of my good friends are uh, heavily working in coaching, one for a top flight, um EPL championship club um so he invited me towards the end of my stay to do a talk to some of the young boys in their academy and playing for their under 19s and uh, one of my best mates he's uh married a bird um a bit older than him so i got to go and see his stepson play who's uh playing top level for the same club as well and very exciting product so it was good to hang around for a week with elite elite sportsmen and in this day and age uh Towards the end of my trip, I spent some time with the England golf team, which was good. Uh, he was coaching four or five players for that. And speaking to them, there's obviously an age gap between me and them. I grew up and the internet suddenly was here. And to doing some visualisation settings with them, it actually hit me how hard the internet is when you're trying to do that job. So one of the kids I spoke to, and he, he will remain nameless, but he was telling me that, he'd won a lot of tournaments and someone had got on a forum and he'd had a bad game and literally he'd, he'd gone to town. Some old guy had gone to town. The kid's 15 years old. Do you know what I mean? But he's gone to town saying this kid's been highly rated. He's shit. My son's better and stuff. And it was talking to him about how that affected him because I'm one of these people that if you say something bad and trust me, bad stuff gets said about me on the internet all the time. Do you know what I mean? If you've got a bad word to say on the internet, just let it know that it makes me go to sleep better. But some people, it actually offends them. It really affects them. And speaking to him, and it was just such an innocuous comment. So I think that's one thing that I've taken out from this, speaking to elite-level coaches and coming back. What we do as a fan base has different effects in the other end. It motivates some. It destroys some. Um, it's quite funny speaking to Redders, my mate, um, who runs the coaching academy, saying the worst thing he ever hears is positivity. It actually, it, he finds overly positive and overly negative the same thing. 
because you said overly positive takes away the motivation to do better. Overly critical takes away the motivation to fucking try any harder if you think you are 110%. So it was really good to hear that from ground level in a sport that AFL is on the surface compared to soccer in the UK. It's another end. This is under 15s hockey compared to football in the UK to see how much exposure they get and then how they have to negotiate that. It's absolutely crazy to me. So I've taken a lot out there of how more importantly, I can do my job better doing this show and doing my own show, but also how, how I react and what goes on in their mind um, and how they're taught, how they're taught. It's really interesting about, I read the pamphlet about what they're allowed to say on social media after the players, who they're allowed to contact. Talking about the game in friends and family is very heavily restricted as well in case they go, oh, Man United are better than us, fuck it. And then that gets passed on in the pub. It's really micro things. So that's probably something I've taken out of it. Um, preaching visualisation to young kids was more... Be, be what I preach, because sometimes I'm the biggest hypocrite. I'm the biggest hypocrite. I, I, I teach you all things and say things, but sometimes I don't quite execute what I'm doing. So it was a good refresher. Just to, And I think, obviously, being back home, being back where you belong, where your heart is, where you come from, it's totally different. And sometimes I think you need to see that to remember that you're maybe becoming somebody that you don't want to be. And um, that's very good. Reset is always good to... To, to not become a class traitor in prick, really. That's very important. That's, that's also very deep. There's a, there's a lot to unpack. Beat me, mate. Beat me with that one. Jeez. You, you thought, thought it was going to be hard to follow that up. No one can beat that for the rest of I the episode. I can't beat that one. I should have just gone with got into a bar fight day too because someone said <laughs> I was an obby prick, but there it is. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's beautiful, mate. Um, yeah, I think... For me, it was, uh, I think having to, on the, I was on the training camp, obviously, for those who aren't aware, and there was about 60 or so people, but probably half of those people came and went because it was a rotating door. You know, some people were there for a week, some people were there for two weeks. And one thing that really stood out to me when it, you know, related back to doing this and, and Carlton was like, no one in the world actually knows what the hell we are talking about. In, in in terms of this game like no one knows this game around the world if they're not from australia they just got no idea so you know we have the conversations with people like, what do you do uh you know youtube what do you do what's the channel about oh it's about my team oh you mean like rugby no and then you go through the you go through that conversation about what is mm -hmm. afl it it was almost like practice it was practice teaching what the game is it was practice telling i guess the world what we do not just me, but, you know, all the content creators here. Um, I showed a lot of people the fan cams. Uh, they love that. Like, they got, like, they got no idea what we're talking about with some of the, the phrases that we use in Australia. But, um, yeah, I took away a lot of that. And I think also, Pommy, you, you said something there that hit me as well. I think getting out of what you know mm. and getting getting into an environment which is so foreign to what you do day to day it's crucial just to mm. sort of think of things from, you know, outside your own bubble. And uh, I know for me, December, like 
November, December, January, it's it's a tough time. It's more like a what's my purpose type feeling because we get so ingrained in the season. And then you get to that that lull end of the year. I'm like, shit, who am I? And, and what, do I, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, at, least, so. at least Carlton were finally good because uh, this sort of off-season to a degree because I feel like I always question it a lot more if Carlton aren't playing well because it's just, well, why am I even doing that, let alone the other purpose? So I think the positive is... Definitely that there's a lot to look forward to Carlton-wise. But no, I, I think the the get out of your comfort zone, be vulnerable in unfamiliar territory is such a, a big thing. And, and I hope that that is something that, that Carlton are embracing because I feel like we are. Sorry to chuck it back towards Carlton, but I feel like we're in such unfamiliar territory. I know as myself as a fan looking at the season ahead because we've never had this kind of expectation, an expectation based off something tangible. We went to a prelim. We're now getting spoken about with evidence as a top four premiership contender. Like the window starts now more than it really ever has in my life. I think that sort of 2010s, we were top eight discussion, but it was never really valid to say that we were top four, one of the teams genuinely contending for the premiership. This is the first time in my life that this is it now. And it is kind of scary. And part of me has been a little bit I don't know what the word is. It's not necessarily scared, but a little bit apprehensive about what is this and what am I feeling and what are we doing? What are we building towards? I'm a bit scared that what happens if it if it doesn't come off this year, but I think you just have to embrace the unknown and this is what we've been wanting. We've been wanting this expectation. We've been wanting to be that team contending for flags and it's an exciting time. Yeah. Well, Pommy, how are you feeling uh, when it comes to the club and the trust that you've got with them. I I've had these thoughts as well, you know, oh, are they going to get complacent because they made a prelim or is this only the beginning because they've got a taste of it and they've broken through? I think at the start of the preseason, I was the former and now the closer I've gotten to, you know, opening round and hearing Vossi speak and hearing certain players speak and seeing the condition that they're in, I'm so much more the latter i'm more confident that they're going to get energy from what happened last year than than the other way around 100 i mean a lot can be said when you've been there and done it it does help and we know the afl like to push this narrative the media love to push that narrative i mean i did a video the other day on our mate sam mcclure um i've never met anyone more up and down than sam mcclure on counting football club one minute he wants to burn the place down and start again and the next minute we're flag favorites and Patrick Cripps is prime Michael Jordan. Uh, very hard to keep up with. Someone needs a hair follicle test um, before he attends work on Monday, I think. But I, I think to answer your question, Terry, I think when you're there, though, they know they can achieve it. They know mm. that they can mix it. Big Friday night lights, MCG, win or lose, all on, all on, all on the line. They know they can do it. Usually this time of the year, I'm a bit different. Usually this time of the year, I'm pumping myself up because I don't know if they can be in the top eight. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if they are good enough. I just hope. Now, I've been quite relaxed. And honestly, outside of my videos, I couldn't give a shit about AFL. And it's starting to come up now that we're a week away from the practice games. My excitement, it's like a normal excitement that, cool, we're here now. Because... They've answered all the questions. Mm. Now, they've just got to get it through to their head that the 
success and failure have one massive thing in common. You've got to show up. To fail at something, you've got to show up. But you've also got to show up to succeed as well. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of eventuals that will make you fail or succeed. But at the end of the day, the hardest part of any journey, whether it wins or loses, is the first step of showing up. So they've done that before. They failed once. Do you know what I mean? Which, let's be honest, not winning a flag is a failure. That's the ultimate goal. Now they come into it mm. knowing that they belong, knowing that they're one of the eight. And they've earned these reports of being flag favourites, being top four destiny. Now, though... We have that conversation we used to have two years ago. We are in the 12th round of a boxing match and we're being told, just don't get knocked out. We're used to being the guy on the other corner. Just swing for the fences and hope you knock him out. Now a there's a little one. target on our back. Now there is yeah. a scout. Now your St. Kilda's, your North Melbourne's, your Hawthorns, your Fremantle's beating Carlton's a big deal. So now mm. they're going to have to cope. We've been the front runners. And that's why I think the Charlie Kernow edition a man that goes into the forest with his dog, has a beer by a campfire, is the perfect addition to that. Because tell you what, that boy doesn't understand pressure. He understands energy. So this is going to be an interesting development mm. now. And they'll need us more than ever because the press, when they write articles like you're the favourite, can't wait to slot you down when you make a mistake. That's true. Ian, I was watching the Michael Voss interview on summer sessions there's two things i want to bring i'll start with you and then move to pommy there's two things i want to talk about tonight that vossi spoke about the first piece was around humility and i guess the further extension of that is and the question to you is how do you see the club's evolution in this space mm. of humility and then the second part is around um the experience that these younger players that we have are now getting and he, he spoke about finals footy and how we were actually better prepared for finals footy than most teams because we are used to playing in high pressure games. Mm. We're used to being at the forefront of the criticism. We're used to, you know, this type of extra scrutiny. And he was reflecting on being at Brisbane as a player and then Port Adelaide as a coach. So we'll park that one. But firstly, mm. with humility, do you, do you sense an actual change within the club around this? And if so, how? I think I think there definitely is. I really just looking at the leaders of the football club, looking at Sayers, Cork, Cripps, Voss, like you don't necessarily hear a ridiculous amount of spruiking from these guys. And I think that's something that obviously the old Carlton was incredibly arrogant. We'll let you know we're the best, we'll tell you everything. And in fairness, they kind of had a right to to a big degree because we were the best. Um, and then even when we weren't going well, you always heard so many rumblings coming out from the club. We were always talking, always saying something, but never really backing it up. And I think really now all the sentiment is just get to work, prove yourself. What are we talking for? And I think Pommy also nailed it talking about, like we haven't really proven anything just yet. We made a prelim. We've made one final series in 10 years. That's good that we finally made finals good that we've got that experience, but it's not enough. And we really haven't done anything to deserve to be arrogant. So I like that the club does have this sense of we've got to earn everything right now. And we're not going to be worrying about anyone else. The outside noise. You saw that last year when everything was going on, we don't have to be that arrogant, loud club anymore. We can just go about our business, do our job 
behind closed doors. There's no leaks. There's nothing like that. And just go about it that way. And, and I think that that's important because, I don't know, you look at other teams where you see that arrogance and like, I don't know, I'm a big NFL man and being a Philadelphia Eagles fan, it was quite enjoyable to see the 49ers lose today. And a big part of that was just, I guess, seeing the arrogance around that football club. Um, the players sort of whinging and carrying on and talking a lot of smack, which I know is a big thing in kind of American sports compared to Australian sports. Everyone's a lot more vocal to to say things. And like a part of you, if that is your team, you're obviously going to get excited and up and about with it. But from the outside, I just don't think you really want to be a part of that when a team's talking trash without actually really accomplishing anything. So I think that's kind of them losing today you know obviously it wasn't just because of their arrogance but does it play a part potentially and that's what I like about what I'm seeing from Carlton is we don't seem to be the team that's coming out saying we're making top four we're going to win the flag they can say that behind the walls they can believe it no worries but go out there and prove it first that's that's what I'm liking at the moment Mm. Pommy do you sense humility with the club yeah I, I think it would be enforced as well i think the essendon game and the fallout from that i think maybe showed them that the fans aren't always going to be there and i think a lot of clubs sporting historically who have had big histories sometimes need a reminder that before we were successful we had a fan base charbane i think that I i think we all got there i mean i know if i go back to that early part I was blinded by arrogance and I've said some quotes that probably come back and bite me in the ass at times. Do you know what I mean? Post-game and in the moment and stuff. And I think, yeah, that, that's a natural evolution. Do you know what I mean? I think there's always that place where you you can't become, don't want to use the term because I can't stand it. It's one of the worst things, but you don't want to become too the other way, too. I don't mean this nastily, but you don't want to go like too PC. You don't want to go too PC and say, okay, cool yeah, we're just going to go out there and have fun. You've still got to have an element of we're going to kick ass. But Mm. I do like the fact that we're starting to see less exposure on players. This is something you and me talked about last year, Terry, that Crips usually is always the poster boy. Every training session, Crips, 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 buying into that narrative, stop Crips, stop Carlton. Now, looking at the training photos, there's a nice sparse selection of players. I get to see a list of 30 players. 35 players. I don't just see eight pictures of Walsh, 12 of Crips, and the only time I see Lockie O'Brien is him hanging off the ankle of Sam Walsh. Because at the end of the day, to win one of these things is very fucking hard because the AFL system is the most ridiculous system in the world. You play 23 rounds, then you get separated into eight, and then we can't even do a knockout system properly because people get a double chance. We call the semi-finals not really a semi-final, it's a quarter-final but the prelim finals are the semi-finals. No one gets it. I don't get it. I invented the language. Makes no sense. But to win it takes something special. To take something special. Mm. And one thing I've seen about Collingwood, and this is before they won it, off-season, God knows what's gone on with that club. Because the other day I made a, I commented happy birthday to someone and I got a Collingwood have won the flag under my comment. So don't get what's going on with them, guys. Sort your lives out. But it takes family, and I feel like that that's a big change. Glad you brought that up. Really <laughs> glad you brought that up. We're, we're going to get into that in a minute. I'm no, glad you brought that up. Honestly, social, social media, mm. it, it, we have to do it because it's our jobs, Terry. But 
let's be honest. I think the biggest change in my football club is it's a family. It's us. Mm, yeah. And that's what's going to win it. It's not a soldier that wins the war. It's the army. Do you know what I mean? It's everyone from the shoe shine boy to the spotter in the snipers to the guy in the corporal's office. Everyone works together to win it. And I feel like that's the big change that mm. you're seeing Vossi go on summer sessions and tell stupid stories about being in the car park. You're seeing Walsh talk a little bit more about what he does in the off season. They're starting to really embrace who they are and not have to prove it. And they've moved away from honouring ex-players. And now it's about honouring the name on the badge. And to do that, you be yourself. Because Sam Walsh ain't going to be Bruce Dool. Do you know what I mean? Sam Walsh ain't going to be Fev. Ain't going to be Sticks Kernahan. He's going to be a name in 20 years' time that we talk about along them people, Sam Walsh. And they're starting to embrace who they are. And that's all they can do. And ultimately, that will lead them to wherever it is. If that's winning a flag, if that's winning 10 flags. If it's not, but that is the right process. And you know what? I can't wait to fucking ride it with him. Yeah. yeah. What Something I noticed with the player previews, which I think is a bit of a microcosm for where we're at now as a club. So I think we might have done 20 or so previews before we got to Patrick Cripps. That just would not have been the case any time over the last mm. five, six years. It, it just wouldn't have been the case. Um and I think one thing I've also noticed when I've spoken about, you know, breakout players and who we're looking forward to seeing this year, the names that come from people in the comments on the show or on Instagram or wherever, it's not your household names. People are looking forward to seeing what Alex Chincotta can do, Jordan Boyd can do, Billy Wilson can do, Ashton Moyer. Like, I don't remember a time where we've been talking about these I don't want to be disrespectful and say lesser names, but I mean, you've got your marquee players who we've all been, you know, obsessed with because we've sort of tried to manifest how great we are as a team. And Charlie Kuno is going to, you know, win the Coleman this year and and, and this and that. And it's just different. It is really a squad mentality. And I think it hit me when Jesse Motlop said it. He said, we're a squad of 45 and everyone is ready to play tomorrow or everyone is ready mm. to play each week. And that's good. That, that, that's a good sign. Um, Vossi being in the boot of the car for the for getting the job, immediately I just thought to myself, oh, could we take a moment to appreciate that we actually got it, got the signing mm. right? Like that, that's our guy. He's our guy. He's embodying everything about this club. Big name, big history in the game, mm. big standing in the game, but also has gone through the process of humility and I guess you know having to overcome obstacles in his career as a coach and you know the what he was able to learn at Brisbane and Port Adelaide and do the apprenticeship and then get another crack at a senior coaching gig I just like where we're at as a mm. as, as a whole I think it's something weirdly that I've been drawing parallels slightly as a Liverpool fan with like Jurgen Klopp because he's obviously announced that he's leaving Liverpool at the end of the season and obviously we're trying to find a new manager and there's a talk about what's the right fit. And it's made me think of like Michael Voss and why that kind of is working for us at the moment. And it feels similar because like Liverpool's such a club that the person who's leading needs to be a big figure. They need to be someone that has some sort of aura, that has something about them, like this father figure that just collects everyone, whether you're the 
team members, whether you're on the staff, whether you're a fan, like you have to be inspired by this person. You have to sort of believe in him. And Michael Voss just, he composes you. He just, he has something about it where you see him, you want to hear him talk. He's commanding. And it just feels like that is the right fit. Like you have to be such a particular person to lead the Carlton Football Club because we're, we're massive. We're not just any football club. It's probably why guys like Teague, like Bolton, probably haven't maybe worked because they haven't had that just another level of being able to collect all the fans and get everyone to buy in. And it just feels like all the layers of the club are kind of fitting right at the moment. And, yeah, it just it could not be a better time to be a Carlton fan. Mm. Well, Someone just here. Anthony said that the club posted some match sim footage. Uh, have either of you seen it? I don't think you would have because you were here. Mm. It's a four-minute video. Maybe we can watch it together. Why not? Uh, stand by. Match footage and chill. Match footage and chill. Let's go. All right. All right. Get, your, get your notepads out, ladies and gents. Let's see what's going on here. Is that Cowan, number two? Yeah. Mm. Is it lagging for anyone else? A little laggy for me. Oh, is it? It's good on my I just, end. I was just making sure. I was like, I can sit in silence. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the comments waiting for it, but in slow-mo, it's looking great for me. I'm able to really see oh, what's Connors. going on. Tell you what, Connor's lost about, gained about nine foot off the ground there. Yeah, some physicality in there, which is good to see. That's what I like to see. Domaku it's lagging. Okay. Let me just... Yeah, it always does that because, because you're clean. streaming on streaming on streaming. Mm, okay. Hey, it's a okay. good job I said something, chat. You all sat there smiling, being nice, eh? We could, <laughs> we could have been in an absolute world of hurt. Because you told everyone to be nice. Me. Stop slagging off everyone on social media, Pom. You can't you can't go back on your word now. It looked good for me. Hang on. Sometimes I did see it. Point out what is a mistake. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Wait, maybe this one will be better. Thank you, Mrs. Pom. About the same on my end, I'll be honest. Yeah. Matt Murphy just took a nice mark in the forward pocket. Hang on, guys. It was fixed. I think what I've got to do is just let it... uh... You know what you can do? What's that? But I don't know if we're legally allowed to say it. What? But you could just download it and then play it as an upload. I could. I, 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 I could do that. People are saying it got good. It's because copyright is oh, very no. important. You are taking the money out of big conglomerates and they need every cent, don't they? <laughs> do it. Do it. I'm going to let this load. Hang on. Yeah, we'll, give it a go. we'll give it a go. Any better? No, not for me. But, but it can sometimes be good for chat. That's the main thing. As long as it's mm. good for chat. That's all I care about. I can watch it frame by frame. This is how I watch the games to review. No good. 
decent handball that inside. Still lagging. All right, fine. I'm just uh. It looks good so far, though. It looks. I mean, I'm watching Zach Williams oh, streaming Zach out. Williams. Oh, oh, cut inside. Ah, oh, little handball. Ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, oh. I wanted to see the end of that play. Here we go. Now it's looking good. I think this is yeah, what they were talking good. about before. Keep it going. Keep it going. Oh, okay. Lemmy. Oh, he's bobbed it down. Oh, Lemmy. Okay, it's fixed. Yeah, here we go. Oh, this passage of play there, if that's what we see, I'll get excited. That's good, Dom. Jesus, Walsh looks all right, considering that he's in a moon boot. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Goodness me. Goodness me. People wanting to be the newsbreaker. Unbelievable. Damien, I agree with that, mate. Big Lemmy has put on a bit of size. Mm. He's kicking splendid as well. That kicking action, filth. Oh, oh. Jesse in the midfield? <laughs> Silky. We saw that in the VFL. Do you remember a year or so ago? It was always tasty. Has it started lagging for anyone else? No, That's it's me. good for me. Uh, it's all right. I'll just I, I'll just keep putting it out there. <laughs> everyone else, just stay quiet. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Cheers, Lou. Uh, Join me. Protect me. Oh, yeah. Charles. Oh, Scott Harry. Tompkins. Huge. Um, I have no idea what he said. He's used a lot of nouns there that you may understand, but he's helping. Yeah, not OBS. OBS You're right. You're right. I, I, uh, I will look at using OBS. I'm getting the, the um, yeah, I'm getting the connection emoji. It keeps All coming right. good, though. Mm. Okay, I think we get the gist. <laughs> the boys are playing well. Is all the boys, the boys are going well at training. Yeah, they're killing it. They're killing it. Down killing it. <laughs> um, I think Carlton won. That's all I saw. It leads me to a question for both of you: Who do you think we are not talking about? Who's not getting spoken about? Mm. Who's the one that's getting overlooked? Jeez, I, I feel you mentioned him, but I feel like I haven't heard a lot of people mentioning Jordan Boyd. He was one of my mm. big ones last preseason as someone that I think can take a bit of a next step. Looking at the last final he played as well, like that first quarter in particular against Brisbane, you saw his tackle pressure, you saw what he could do with the ball moving forward. And weirdly, even with the weedering injury, everything I'm looking at is kind of like backline based because I, I feel like particularly with like Zach Williams coming into the fold, if he stays healthy, if he's able to regain the form we saw the last time he was playing, like what does that do for everyone else? Does that allow Assad to break out and be that line-breaking player again? Because I feel like at the end of last season, you know, Assad was a superstar, but he was maybe playing a little bit more defensive at times. So does that allow someone else to go out there and, and flourish in a different way? Um, so those weirdly Saad was someone I was thinking about being able to just slightly play a different role. Um, and then the other big one is Jack Martin, because 
he turned everything around for us in that second half of the season. His contribution in the forward line was spectacular. And he has, has, has he had this long, I guess, uh, in, injury in with lack of interruption as far as his injuries are concerned in a long time with a lot of form? He's had that continuity. I'm excited to see what he can do because we need those leaders. We need those guys to stand up come the start of the season. And having that mid-size forward, I think he's going to be really, really just such a big thing for us, particularly with, I guess, like I saw Varney type being out for the year. Mm-hmm. Pommy, who are we not talking about? Who, 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 who been, are we missing? It's been said in chat, but I think people have forgotten about Chesney. Do you know what mm. I mean? When Walsh went down, Chesney became the man, didn't he? He, he really took that mantle off, especially when we did the rating show and when we went through that string of being shit. Chesney was Mr. Consistency in that period. So I feel like he's one that I think a lot of the clubs will be a bit like Chesney as well. They'll look at Walsh, they'll look at Cripps, and they'll ultimately forget him. The other one, and it was mentioned by, um, I can't remember who it was now, but a couple of you mentioned it in comparison because you're clever boys. Um, Marchbank and Kemp, Lou and mm. Matt, nailed it. I feel like the JSOS has taken up way too much headlines and it kind of made the wheatering problem forgotten about. But I think that's a great opportunity because I think Voss has kind of alluded to in them key games, he didn't like the four key four, the taller defenders, especially in them finals. He dropped Kemp, which broke people's hearts. So I feel like Marchbank has got that opportunity there, who we know has always been the taller player, being build as a potential key position player. I feel like no one's talking about Kemp and Marchbank are going to get mm. the opportunity early doors while Mr. Wheatering gets himself right. And what an opportunity for them to. Do you know what I mean? Because where one of them was probably fighting for one spot, probably going to be playing straight away, one of them is, uh, with probably two or three weeks football. So it's a great opportunity for them to really take that on. So, yeah, Chesney for me and... Uh, Kemp slash Marchbank, I, I feel like they're the two two of the names who are going to be in that 22 that are going to be big for us. Mm-hmm. I've got two. I think only one was mentioned once. Yeah. So first one is Matt Owies. Very easy to be overlooked mm-hmm. because we get so excited at Durds and Motlop and Fantasia. But I think always has the same trait that um, Matty Cottrell does in that he gets 3 to 5% better every year and it's just incremental. But always has been in the system now. I believe 2018 or 19 was his first year at the club. So what's that? Six years now? This will be his sixth season at the football club. Mm. I think... I think he's just going to continue to get better. He is right now our leading goal kicker for the small forwards. He mm-hmm. only did win it by a couple, but uh, I still see him getting a little bit better as he as he plays. And then I don't want to jinx it, but Dave Cunningham has done a full preseason, and and I'm really excited to see what that's going to look like for him for a full season, having had the the work you know beneath him. So those are the two that I think are getting a little overlooked mm-hmm. and. I myself also always overlook Lockie Cowan, maybe because he's a second-year player and there's so many players ahead of him. Um, it's not because I don't rate Lockie Cowan. I just find myself overlooking him. Mm. It's interesting. 
with that sort of forward line. I think that, yeah, that's probably our biggest growth area. When you really look at the whole team, you know, defense is amazing. Midfield is great. Forward line's probably that only thing that's lacking, which feels insane to say when you're talking about you've got Charlie Kerno and, and Harry Mackay down there, but it's it's finding the right blend. It's finding the cohesion with the others. And there's clearly talent, you know, always kicked, yeah, what, 27 goals last year. You got Motlop coming through. Martin, I spoke about, but it's all the other ones as well. Like who is going to stand out and really say that this spot's mine, you're not taking it. It could be Cunningham. You've got Elijah Hollands that a lot of people are, are talking up. There's so such a big competition for spots in that forward line. And it's kind of exciting that it isn't just a competition of, oh, I guess we'll take that guy because that's all we've got. It's a genuine, you could name like 10 blokes, 10, 15 guys that could play in that forward line at the moment. And all of them feel like right answers. Mm-hmm. Well, it does. It does bring me to the next question. The follow one is what are the storylines that the two of you are, going to be following well, some that you are noticing already start to develop. Pommy, maybe we'll start this one with you. Are there any narratives that you've seen uh, that are maybe about to emerge or have already emerged that you've got your eye on? Definitely the JSOS one because Voss, I don't think has favoured JSOS. I, I was kind of excited at the start of the year when uh, it was power talking about that. He's going to be an out-and-out out forward. The Rook experiment's over, which excited me a little bit because I was like, fantastic. At least he's going to get full year doing what he's good at. Um, but now I feel like Voss would have always used him as that first reserve, first chink in the armour, bring JSOS in because he's the most experienced. The narrative I'm looking at now is last year, Chinkotta, about this stage, came on the list. A lot of people didn't have him in the 22. A lot of people had him as a depth player. Some people said it was a waste of a list spot and we'd regret Murkoff. He then became a staple of the 22 for a large part of the year and got better. That is the opportunity now for someone to say, right, we don't need to be tall. The biggest issue with our football club is our depth of goals and our sp spread of goals. And Elijah, Fantasia, players like that, both with second chances, really, second chances, one on his final chance, one still young, unfulfilled talent, have an opportunity to take to take JSOS's job and make it better, make it modern day, make it dynamic, and put pressure on Cunningham and Jack Martin because I feel like Jack Martin and Cunningham have no competition. I know Ian said there's a lot of people you can name, but let's be honest, no one's as good as Jack Martin, no one's as good... Um, as as JSOS in reliability. Now, these boys have to do that. And I, I I think that's the narrative I'm looking at. At the end of the season, I will say, if you name your 23 in your mind, four won't be in your best 23 by the mm. end of the year. And I would go as far to say that two won't be on the list in 2025. I reckon that that's how it's going to go. I think the environment and the noise I'm hearing is... There's opportunities here. There's opportunities. Mm. And I feel like that these boys, even though they're mates and a family, it is a business. And the only way you can guarantee your kids eat at night is by being in that 23. And I feel like there's a huge gateway now for two players to cement their 23 place very early doors. And Elijah's my favourite. I'm looking forward to seeing Mr. Hollands. I feel like that's mm. redemption arc, isn't it? 
Okay. Ian, any storylines, narratives mm. that are on your mind? I think there's a couple. I think probably the main one that I had just thinking then was just how do we react when things start to not go our way? Because that's probably the only real question mark. And it feels like we've, we're past that now, but there's going to be lulls in this season. We're going to have a bad loss where we just, we don't show up. Things don't look good. We might lose two on the bounce. Could be three. But how are we reacting to that? Is it going to be a cycle, I guess, to go on the negative side of things where it takes us quite a while to figure things out and finally get it going? Or are we going to be like, no, quick fix, we've sorted this out? I think that's probably the main one on that sense. And and then probably the other more fun one, not as doom and gloom, is weirdly the evolution. And I'm looking at the midfield for that. Feels like a really stable part of the ground, probably one of our strengths. But you look in the draft, what they were targeting in a Billy Wilson, a bit of explosiveness through that midfield with a bit of pace. And I just wonder what's the makeup look like? It's something that Vossi has... He's never really liked to have too many of the bigger body inside mids. It seems like he's always looking to add other pieces in there. And I'm excited to see what we're actually looking at doing. What are the next steps? Is this either Holland's brothers going in there? Is it Motlop like we saw in that highlight going in there for spurts? What are we doing around that midfield to take that next step and get that ball moving forward for us and sort of fixing that mid-forward connection? Hmm. No, that's really interesting. I think the first part to that around what happens if it doesn't go go right, I think says nails it here. I mean, I think we've we have grown from last year, but at the end of the day, very much like last year, you can't prove that you've grown until you're tested. So mm. I think the test will come. And then I mean, I can only really speak for what we do here. Fan cams, mm. the interactions, the shows, how we're able to hold each other together. Um, whether that's crisis calls with Pommy on a Monday morning <laughs> or whatever the case may be. I just think we, we've we all seen them do the thing and we've all seen them give us a taste of what we actually have been investing in with our time and, and attention. Um, and so no doubt there'll be challenges coming in some way, shape mm. or form where, where every single contender has some level of challenge to it. You know, we're already starting to see it with these injuries that we're having. So I like that. Um, I'll tell you a couple that I've I've taken note of, and I think they're going to work in our favor, even though they don't seem very good right now. This narrative around Charlie Kerno flopping in the final series, I think is mm-hmm. one of the, first of all, the stupidest things I've heard. And secondly, I think it's a blessing because mm-hmm. you need a little bit of external doubt. These players are motivated to do well no matter what. Um, but I think you, uh, over the course of the year, you take you take a little bit out of some sort of external factor to help you get, get that little bit of edge. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt in my mind Charlie Kerno is aware of what the Collingwood supporters say about him. There's no doubt in my mind. So it's, I'm going to take a lot of pleasure watching him kick at mm-hmm. least five or six uh, every single game. And then sometimes I want to react and sometimes I want to reply and sometimes I want to say, to anyone who criticizes Harry or Charlie from opposition clubs, would you really not want them at your club? Like you would die for both of them, one of them, let alone two. So I think these stories about, you know, Harry can't kick and Charlie doesn't perform in finals. I think it's just so misguided. And I think it's a sign of people just living too, too much in the moment. Um, Cause things change. 
On the other end, I hope that these narratives don't penetrate the minds of guys like Harry and Charlie. Like, I hope Harry doesn't believe that he's now can't kick for goal anymore. And, and that's what I think is the challenge, what I would assume to be the challenge of being an elite sportsman, where you have so much scrutiny coming your way. It's impossible to completely shut it out. You know it's there. And I think I just, uh, I'm, 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 you know, hoping that they've got the right environment around them to get through such narratives before they become too too big. Mm. I wouldn't no, worry I don't... about it, Harry. Mm. I mean, it's. I, I can assure you now, Harry and Charlie are not worried about no. any any self-respecting male that talks via images on social media. I mean, you are looking at the lowest form of, of human. So and then, do you know what I mean? Like honestly, do you know what I mean? I mean that that's the one difference you asked earlier. The difference of being at back home from being at home and that's the difference do you know what i mean it things are a little bit different there there's way too much talking and it's become too much normal um mm. like let's be honest the rivalry is mickey mouse they the rivalry is sport it's not like some of the narratives god bless them i know james is in chat i know i think he's a pies boy from memory um and a decent one i'll have to say a decent one but like 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 we were talking about earlier social media You've won a flag. I can assure you when Carlton win a flag, I will not be from active from November till February commenting on people's posts going, oh, Cribs won a flag on a memorial post or on a wedding post because, you know, I, I have I have a life. Do you know what I mean? Out, he's outside kicking an egg-shaped ball through two sets of posts. You know what I mean? Amazing, you know, when you have kids. And a yeah. wife, what what changes your perspective on life? But yeah, they won't worry, Terry. And you know what? I, I hope I flip it with you, Terry. I hope whichever big ugly brute as Harry round zero, I hope they think he can't kick. Mm, yeah. I hope. I hope one of the defenders goes to Charlie. And goes. <laughs> what about your final series, your spud? I hope they do. Because tell you what, see if they're still laughing when they kick ten. Better yeah. not. I thought breakup TikTok mm. was the most cringe thing I'd ever seen until I saw Collingwood win a flag. Fuck. Oh, it's bad. But like, it's just, the, it's this weird thing. And, and it goes back to the Charlie and Harry discussion. Like it's, it's lazy clickbait, whatever reactionary chat you want. And it's like, it's part of this banter culture that is, has really grown because of social media and really like the players they don't care they're not they're not reading what john 1800356 has to say on twitter like no one cares what they have to say and honestly like i just laugh when i see this stuff now because i think it's real easy to get a little bit triggered by it get a little bit hot and start to say some stuff back like lord i can say i have myself at times but really have you ever when you look at these people that are saying half this stuff, are they someone that you genuinely wanted to know their opinion on something? Like if you wanted to know something about Carlton or you wanted to get some life advice, you go into these people to get their opinions. No, you don't care. So I don't care what they have to say on social media and just laugh because they're, they're wasting their time doing something really it's, silly. It's weird. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, I'm all, I, so, I don't mind a little bit of banter, but. Yeah. To see the the, the the lengths that it's gone to, it's like... A lot of time. A lot of time I, on their hands. I can't believe it. I wish I had that much time on my hands. 
you, you see, the thing is, though, I agree with Davey here, and you'll be shocked. And that was in the UK. That did surprise me. It does get to them because, and do you know why it gets to them? Is because they can't fight back. So, Terry, if someone comes on the internet and calls you a prick, you can call him a prick back. But if a sportsman does it, especially in Australia, in the UK, there'll be large sections who there's been some DMs released re recently where a footballer says, I'll bet you 50K you couldn't beat me in a penalty shootout. And he's been heralded for fighting the troll back. Australia culture, if a player turned around and said, I'll knock you out, you prick, everyone would be like, oh, well, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. This kid's just a troll. And you see it. You see the sympathy on Twitter. Someone gets doxxed after spending six months harassing and bullying people in his anonymous account. Everyone takes, oh, he's done that, but poor kid, he was doxxed. Consequences left Australian media. Don't, don't let that fool you. Consequence has died in this country. The only consequence is who's got the loudest and who can cry the most. But in reality, you've only got to look at socials. All the posts about Gaza. However, Australia has the worst rental shortlist in the known world and the highest rate of rising homelessness. But you've got people that couldn't tell you the difference between Hamas and Hummus telling you that they're crying because there's a bombing happening in a place they couldn't pick on the map. But they walk to the get their vegan free milk right in the morning and pass eight homeless people. And they know people who are known class traitors. And you know who I'm talking about. Them people that have worked every day of their life, have an investment property. They can't afford it. They put the rates up. The real criminals of this society are them people, the class traitors. And that's why we're in this mess. But they still post that nonsense. That is the society we're raising in. And that's the society, unfortunately, these poor footballers are in. These footballers are young players with opportunities and money, and the reason that that's okay to abuse them is because they have the money. They have the money, and it's the offset of they can't fight back because they're privileged, and you'll be surprised. I'm sure if you sat down with some of these players, and I know I've had a few beers with some of these players, it's not the stuff they read. It's their mates who see it. Mm. They defend their friends. And then they meet their friends and tell them this dickhead here said this about you. And that's what gets them. And, you know, it's a sad state of the world. And I'm no angel. I've said some stuff about players. And, do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll be judged when the day I die on what I've said. And, you know mm. what? I look forward to that judgment the closer we get to it. But mm. don't be naive. My, things, do, things do hit them. Things do hit them hard. From my experience with many random yet small conversations it's it's less the players getting upset at what's being said and more their families you know and mm. and that the family you know the players they're, they're in the afl like they're living their dream they are literally doing what they set out to do as children and living their dream and i think whenever you're doing something like that that you've dreamed of doing you know you, you could handle that a little bit better um but when you have your, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, girlfriends, boyfriends, etc., who are reading all of these things, uh, bringing it to you and you see how upset it makes them, I think that's one of the biggest challenges. So, you know, it's it's not something that's going to go away completely. I don't know if it really will improve because I think mm. 
we just so, social media has just given us a window into what we really are as a as a species mm. and we're a bit flawed god makes a great point as well and this was something that when i was back in the uk was said to me that he was saying 20 years ago if you went in and told people they were shit that would help out 80 percent of the room right he was like now you're looking at 10 and then he was like how it shifted with the ability to research but also social media and all this outside noise makes people more informed and intuitive and he it's exactly like scott says there will be some players that will see some fat old man saying he can't kick he should go down to the park and kick kick through the ball and he probably will laugh but then there'll be another player that just picture this scenario maybe he laughs about it every day he gets a phone call from his mum. His mum's not very well. Then he reads it. And we're all like this. We're creatures of habit. Sometimes the things that don't affect us right now, you could tell me the same thing two weeks' time, mm. and I've had a bit of a bad day, and it goes through my protection. So everyone's different. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sure Jeremy Cameron, I would counter this, Scott. I know a lot of people back in the UK that have great dust-ups in a bar and could kill a man with their bare fists. But you know what, say something horrible about his dog and he'll be upset. Do you know what I mean? You do something to his dog or his dog goes missing, he's crying on your couch, but you've just seen him, he'd square up to anyone in the bar. So people react mm. differently. So it's something that we've got to be very mindful of, but also be very mindful of the nonsense that we take in ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Because my message to Carlton fans is as much as it has annoyed me and Romero is a very clever man. I like Romero. Sometimes you've got to block it out because some of you engage with that Collingwood nonsense, mm. which then comes onto other people's timelines who might not be equipped to deal with it. So always think about that. Always think about who you're talking to because we could be having a conversation about Charlie Kerner and Charlie Kerner's great-grandma's niece is one of our mutual friends. It suddenly gets back to them that way because social media is all who you know. And you're always what? 10 people away from the queen remember that mm. it's mm. it's an interesting one and i don't want to be like insensitive to it um and because obviously so many people are going to react different ways and, and talking about players there but i think like pommy is saying like they obviously can't fight back to the criticism directly and i think that that's where you hopefully this is where that humility comes into it where you don't have to outwardly go towards the person and use it that way i'm hopeful that they see that and they're able to put that into the performance on the field because that's the way you can fight back against it is just go out there and prove them wrong. And I know that's obviously a lot easier said than done. It's hard when you when so many things are being said and you see different ways that it really affects the, the people that you care about around you. But that's the that's your only area to fight and that might not be the best place to do it. You wish there was a, a better way to to go against these people, but you have an opportunity every single week to go out there and prove everybody wrong. And I've no doubt that Harry and Charlie are going to put all this to bed. And within a month of the season, it's going to be which one of them's going to win the Coleman. There's not going to be a discussion about either one of them negatively. Yeah. We all know I mean, this time next year, the talk will be Kennedy needs to get traded or someone else. It happens every year. Harry will mm. kick 60. Colonel will kick 80. And then they'll go on Kennedy, Lockie Cowan. They'll switch it. It's how mm. it's how the world works. Do you know what I mean? I know 
this time next year, Collingwood fans are going to be telling me that Kennedy's shit, Ashton Moore's shit, after Harry's kicked 10 on them. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's how it works. Do you know what I mean? It's how it works. It is how it works. I'm. Lo- I mean, I'm already picturing. our uh, Cripps is slowing down. Can he still play in the midfield? Like, it, it, we're we're twelve to twenty four months away from from the mainstream media. David King, Kane Corns asking that exact question: Should Patrick Cripps be playing in the midfield anymore? Is he too slow? You can just see it happening. Yeah, so. or or you can see Ash Hansen leaving at the end of the year to take the the Western Bulldogs job. And then Ken Combs, you can guarantee the Monday after, what's Carlton's contingency plan after Voss? Where's the replacement? Where's the replacement? Do you know what I mean? You, you, we've been here before. It, and it, it, it's actually boring. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's actually boring. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. Um, we are past eight, uh, but I do want to get a few more things uh, out there. Firstly, practice match next week, 22nd. Mm. That's in 10 days. Geelong, 11 a.m. Icon Park. Um, lads, are we going to be there? Oh, absolutely. Lads, 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 <laughs> lads. So the question is, is it like a is it a Thursday evening fan cam session or is it a Thursday afternoon after we get back from the practice match fan cam session? Mm. Ooh. Evening. That's a great question. I think it's probably. I think most people do work um, and probably won't be able to jump in. But yeah, if they're like me and have planned their holiday so you get an extra day off to go watch Carlton's practice match, you'll be there ready to go. But yeah, I reckon evening sounds good. All right. I was thinking about it. It's like it's it's like a seven p.m. start. Fan cams. We'll just go twenty-four hour stream, seven p.m. till seven p.m. talking about the practice match. Love to say it. I, I, I can't think, wait. Yeah, same. I'm. I'm usually, ugh, honestly, the last couple of years, I get to round one or opening round, opening bounce, and I'm like a little exhausted. I, I am so ready for the emotional mm. onslaught that is to come. Like I'm prepared. I did a preseason. You know, ticked off the boxes. You know, had a calf niggle. Got got through that, and I'm ready. Also, I've been watching clips from. Uh, I've been watching clips from No Context Blue Abroad, and it's just reminded me of how far we've come. <laughs> yeah, see what I said earlier. Said some things that you live to regret. <laughs> Round two, 2021, Pommy, I retire from Blue Abroad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, me. Dear, oh, me. Yeah, well, know. It makes it fun. Learn from Uncle Pom. Sleep on yeah. the loss. Sleep, sleep on, on a loss. You're true. Um, okay. So now it's time for a big announcement. This is a massive announcement. Um, the announcement is that we are adding a show to the channel. We're adding a, we're making it official and we are adding, we are, we are, going to add a few new faces to the fa- the Blue Broad family. So without any further ado, Ian, do you want to let us know what we're doing? Oh, I may as well because the uh, the Navy Blue Corner is part of the Blue Broad family. How about that? Uh, incredibly honoured to be a part of the uh, the BA crew because 
yeah, it's been, I feel like it's been a long time in the making ever since uh, the Navy Blue Corner kicked off. And yeah, we built our little, a little podcast by ourselves, Lockie and myself. And now it feels like it is the right time. Uh, we really want to be a bigger part of the Carlton community and just have more people to talk to is, is honestly half of it. Um, so yes, Wednesday nights on Blue Abroad is where you're going to find the Navy Blue Corner show. It is going to be incredibly exciting. Lockie and myself are so pumped and we'll be starting this week, which is going to be, gee, it's going to be wild. Valentine's Day with Lockie and Ian. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it, it normally happens that way. It normally, it, it ends up, you know, you go throughout your day and we end up together by the end of it. <laughs> so what, what? maybe tell the audience, like, what's the premise of the show? Is there something specific you guys want to be doing with the show? What can we expect from it? Yeah, so we are doing things a little bit differently this year. Previously, those who have listened to the Navy Blue Corner um, know that we pretty much kind of do a Monday or Tuesday sort of match review and then maybe a bit of a match build up later in the week. But we feel like everyone kind of does that. We've done it for a while and we want to have a bit more fun with things. We feel like so much news breaks throughout the week. There's so many big talking points that we want to cover. So because it's a midweek show, it's on Wednesdays on Blue Abroad. I'll be here doing all the plugs. That's that's what I am uh, am here to do. But we're pretty much just going to be talking about the biggest hot topics that have come out of the game, out of the news. We're going to be trying to react to it all. And I feel like the big thing that we kind of get lauded for to a degree, if I've got a big head, talking about our podcast is we try to be as rational, I think, as possible on things. We try to have that glass half full kind of take on things. So when any, whenever, whenever there is a big meltdown going on on social media or in the mainstream media talking about Carlton, we're hopefully going to have that rational voice of reason and break things down for you. So yeah, very exciting to talk all things Carlton. We're going to do a bit of a season preview predictions this Wednesday. It's about time we start talking about 2024. Love that. Love that. It's a piece of the puzzle that I've had in my mind for a long time. Uh, but no, I'm excited. I think um, this is the this is the hub. This is the hub of Carlton content creators. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get you guys around. Those of you who are watching now, if you are not subscribed to the Navy Blue Corner, maybe I should put it in the live chat. Hang on a minute. Go and subscribe. And if you haven't subscribed to Pommy and Oz, well, I don't know what to tell you because like you've been here long enough. <laughs> but I would assume I would assume that by now everyone watching is subscribed to all three channels here: Navy Blue Corner, Pommy and Oz, and Blue Abroad. So if you're not, I mean, what does a group of guys have to do <laughs> to get a subscribe? Get on board. Yeah. We have to. You know what? I am looking forward to seeing Ian around these parts because Ian is my go-to podcast. I think he sold yes. himself short. Ian is uh, one of the few people that, after an eighty-point mauling, can find a positive. It's it's a rare gift in a dark world. Ian has the ability to go. Well, at least the beers were two for one. <laughs> it's always good. Always good. So I'm looking forward to. Uh, and we have the inevitable slip up, which is a long season. There'll always be a blip. I'm looking forward to tuning in to see Ian make me laugh by saying, you know, 
he got undercharged for something. That was a good one. There's always something. There's, oh, something <laughs> always happens when I go to the footy. Between me and Lockie, I tell you what, we are cursed with something happening. The event staff at Marvel tend to always stuff something up for me. But, yeah, you'll, you'll hear all about it, I'm sure, throughout the year. Yep. Uh, Lou, so the show is going to be at 7 p.m. Uh, now, obviously, with the first chunk of the season there's quite a few thursday night games friday night games etc so where we have that uh situation and obviously we have the team show we will just maneuver it around and, and just make it work but generally speaking mm -hmm. if it's a saturday game or a sunday game uh, or even a friday night game I, I suppose then uh wednesday night 7 p.m so uh yeah but i mean you guys kind of get the gist of what happens when when games are on different times we just mm -hmm. We just shuffle the pieces and make it work. So, uh, yeah, we fill up the channel with one more show. It's good stuff. Oh, very happy to be a part of it. It's a, it's an exciting time. Incredibly humbled. Yeah. Well, Ur has subscribed. Oh, thank so you. There you go. You got one there. I think Kate subscribed. I think we got Dione. Oh, oh I'm going to put Dione on the, on the spot here. So, Dione actually found me the coolest hotel in thailand did the research for me found me the discount the only thank you very much for that appreciate it and i do have a little something for you so i will be in touch anyway anything else guys on your minds before we wrap it up get off your chest something i don't know no nothing for me feels good <laughs> this time next week will be this time next month so next monday we'll have a couple of days before the actual practice match. So I think now everything really ramps up, gets really mm. serious. Um, it's good to be back, guys. It really is. We can finally talk about some footy. Actual blokes kicking the football for once. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. It's great. It's great. All righty. Pommy, thank you, mate. Thanks for being here. Good to have you back. Ian, good to have you here. And uh, see you guys soon. Of the baggers. Of the baggers. Go blues.